Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Experiments Web Clinic audio replay. Marketing Experiments is an online marketing research laboratory. The web clinic you are about to hear is broadcast live to an international audience of marketing professionals. Sign up to be invited to future web clinics, as well as gain updates on our research by visiting marketingexperiments.com. Hello and welcome everyone to this installment of our long-running clinic series for marketing experiments. Um, our topic today is Clarity Trump's Persuasion with a very special twist. Uh, I'll give you the usual caveats that we have uh, more than a thousand attendees. We're way over capacity, so if you log off during the presentation, you do take the risk of not being able to log back on. We hope you will stay logged on and that you will, in fact, uh, interact with us as much as possible. Send us your questions, your comments, and we will try and make this as interactive as possible. My name is Greg Burningham. I'm the president of Marketing Experiments. We have with us today, backed by popular demand, Dr. Clint McLaughlin, the uh, director of Mech Labs Group and founder of Marketing Experiments. And also with us is Adam Lapp, uh, one of our very, very talented and also devastatingly handsome research analysts. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was the lead on the, uh, the research partner project that we'll be showcasing today as our, uh, our case study. Uh, without uh, further delay, I'll turn the mic over to Dr. McLaughlin, who will introduce the topic and the study. All right. Thank you, Greg. I want to welcome everyone. It's good to be back with you again. And uh, we are, as you probably know, addressing a unique topic, clarity, Trump's persuasion, three words that are packed with meaning, how changing the first seven seconds of user experience drove a 201% gain. That's real data from a real case study. We're going to start with that case study in just a moment. But first of all, let me just point something out. Uh, the year is ending, and over the past 12 months, I've been in a lot of conferences and clinics and classrooms and lectures, and I've heard a lot of talk about optimization, and much of it is focused on uh, work like the path and the order process and the flow of the text and the copy. But much of our research at Marketing Experiments this year has yielded an interesting discovery. And that is that much of the game, you might say, or the important aspect of optimization occurs in the first seven seconds of the user experience. Today we, want to, we don't want to focus on the things that happen after those seven seconds, but we want to look at those seven seconds and ask ourselves, what can we do in that very short period of time to increase the probability of conversion? And uh, let's begin right away with the case study. I have an experiment in front of me. The test protocol number is 1306. That is from the Marketing Experiments uh, Research Library. The background is this. Uh, this is a group that provides end-to-end -end market solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. The goal is to increase the amount of leads from an online form. Which page will obtain the most form submissions is the key research question. And we have the analysts with us who oversaw this research. This is... Uh, Adam Lapp. Adam, can you give us just a little bit of background on uh, your work with this particular case? Sure. This is a PPC page, and partner came to us with around 5% uh, lead generation rate. And what they really needed us to do is you know, help them you know, increase uh, their clarity of that value proposition. And so I think that's what we're trying to accomplish in this first test. Excellent. All right, well, let's look at the original treatment. What you have in front of you is the design that we were asked to optimize. It's the control. On the right-hand side of the screen is the marketing experiments conversion heuristic. And uh, with that heuristic, we tried to analyze this particular page. If you're new to our audience, you may want to go onto our website where we have probably $10 million worth of research that you can access at no cost. 
And you can learn all about the conversion heuristic there. You might just go through the landing page optimization section in our navigation. In the meantime, however, I would suggest that you drill down on this particular page and think about it carefully because I'm going to ask you as an audience a simple question. If you were tasked with optimizing this page, if you were the director of marketing and if your CEO walked in and said, this is priority number one, I need this page to perform better, what precisely would you do? I'm going to switch over to our Q&A feature. You can use that to give us your comments and questions. You've done this before. And uh, I'd like to see what you would do to fix this page. Stephen, who's a long-time attendee, it's good to see you back with us, Stephen, says uh, he would use uh, a different headline. Smaller form, says David. Testimonial, says Stephen. Testimonial, says Megan. Ask for less information at first and then ask for more later, says Darko. John says, make one headline. It is redundant. Uh, Sam says, a one-column page. Uh, someone else here, Stefan says, don't need satisfaction info at this point in the process. I can tell that we're uh, growing in our knowledge base from the kinds of answers we're getting through our various students who are part of this community of marketers and researchers that are working together. Let's actually see for just a moment some of the changes that were developed by the scientists and analysts at Marketing Experiments. To do that, I'm going to take you to the first treatment, and you'll notice some changes that were made focusing around the headline and subheadline, the copy itself, layouts, credibility indicators, and the calls to action. There are several changes in this treatment, and again, I would say that it would be good for you to pay close attention to its design because in a moment, we're going to ask you to vote on the treatment that you think performed best. This is treatment one. I will take you now to treatment two. Treatment two and treatment three are on the screen. You'll see highlighted the core changes in these two designs from treatment one. Now think about them because in a moment I want you to look at all four side by side. What we've done here is something that we advocate in our testing certification program and that is radical redesign. Too often we make changes to a web page based on incremental insights as opposed to radical redesign concepts. We take a page that is performing poorly and we try to fix a single element. We are in effect attempting to optimize a page that is already in the wrong category, that will not perform at best to begin with because the entire page conception is inadequate. So in this case, we came up with a radical redesign and then we performed two additional treatments that focused on variations of that redesign. So if you'll look at the slide, you'll see the control. You'll see treatment one, treatment two, and treatment three. And I would ask you to vote now. Just take a moment and tell us which treatment do you think is the best. While you're doing that, I would point out that earlier today on the blog, we asked uh, a whole group of those who uh, read our blog to vote on the same uh, four treatments, and uh, we have a winner. The person who is most accurate in their projections is a gentleman by the name of Flavio, and the site is q11.de, and uh, congratulations to Flavio for making the right pick. In the meantime, let's see how the audience is voting. I am seeing a lot of votes for treatment three, uh, also treatment two, and just uh, they're coming in very fast. Uh, Jonathan is a treatment three. Caitlin is treatment two. I see a one from Wasim, another two from Denver, three from Howard, two from Aaron, two from Lindsay, two from Tony, two from Kerry, and on and on the votes are coming. Vote just a little bit longer. I want to get all your thoughts in here. 
You probably know this, but we take all of these votes and we analyze each of your uh, suggestions, questions, comments, and votes line by line and use that to improve our clinics and to learn more about our audience. So, uh, in my estimation, it's, and this is not uh, pure science because I haven't counted, but it looks to me like there is a fairly aggressive split between treatment three and treatment two. Let's actually see how these pages perform. I'm going to take you to a chart that summarizes the results. All right. So treatment one was 14.65%. Treatment two was 13.37%. And treatment three was 13.10%. Clearly, treatment one is the winner. And uh, it performed at 201.3% as a relative difference over the existing conversion ratio. If you're in the audience today and you would like to learn how to do that, stay tuned because that's what this is all about. Pretty soon we're going to actually extract the principles from this experiment and then we're going to apply them in live optimization examples, submissions from our own audience. Adam will help me and Greg will help me as we look at these treatments and think about how to help you. But before we do that, I think it's interesting to note that if you voted for treatment two or treatment three, you're still not that far off. All three of the treatments had a massive impact on conversion. I mean, look, uh, treatment two was 175% better. Treatment three was 170% better. In every case, these redesigns outperformed the original control by dramatic uh, differentials. The question is, what happened? What was going on behind the scenes that allowed the marketing experiments scientists and analysts to achieve such a significant impact or significant gain in the conversion rates. It's a question that you probably want to consider because it has bearing on your own website. It's not uncommon these days to run a test, to, uh, to use some type of multivariable format or some tool provided by a group, to have some idea of, of, of how to test, but not to really understand fundamentally what to test. In this case, understanding what to test is the key to the difference of, say, a 10 or 15% lift as opposed to a 175 or a 200% lift. Something very significant was taking place in the laboratory here, and I'd like to share all of that with you in the simplest possible fashion. So let's just move forward a bit. Let's look at the two pages. Again, we ask, what is the difference? And to summarize the difference... We'd like to step away from our typical mathematical heuristic or our formulas or our data charts or our deep uh, regression analyses and give you three simple words. I have seen these words over and over again yield significant dividends for people who have attended our sessions, our certifications, our lectures and other places. Many, many times we've received emails from people who've gone back and applied this simple principle and seen dramatic gains. Those three words are these. Clarity trumps persuasion. Now, it's vital that you consider the impact of those three words and what they mean in terms of your own page. There are many marketers who have been tasked with the job of improving a landing page. And deep down inside, they're, they're a bit concerned. You might even say insecure because we've all seen the books and read the accounts and heard about these uh, celebrity copywriters who can craft a body text with such precision and persuasive ability that they select the perfect words and put them in the perfect order and thus 
achieve dramatic conversion lifts. When you hear about such people, it's not uncommon to feel inadequate compared to them. Rarely, very rarely when I'm in an audience and ask them how confident they are in their copywriting abilities do I have a strong, positive response from most of the marketers there. There is good news for you. If you're on this clinic and if you have concerns about your ability to write copy, may I suggest that there's one simple principle that makes a huge difference and does not require that you become an expert in the most effective uh, persuasion words that someone has determined in their latest book on copywriting. The principle is this, clarity trumps persuasion. If you truly have a value proposition, then your job number one is to communicate it clearly. And having optimized thousands of pages and having accumulated the world's largest library of case studies and experiments, I can tell you that over and over again, when it comes to fixing a page, the first thing we do is eliminate confusion. Now, we know that there are a lot of aspects and elements that go into improving a page. But it doesn't matter how good your call to action is if you don't have anyone who reads it. And that means those first seven seconds, and in fact the first three of those seven seconds, are vital to actually even getting the opportunity to carry on a meaningful conversation that will allow you to persuade or convince or attract or somehow guide someone into an inevitable conclusion to engage with you or your product. What you need to do today is to learn the simple, most powerful way possible for you to get people over that invisible barrier that occurs at the top of your web page and drive them deeper into the dialogue necessary to a true conversion. And the key is not magic words. The key is clarity. So we're going to use this principle. I'm going to teach it to you in just a few moments in terms of three questions. And then we're going to start applying it to web pages that you've submitted. So let's begin with the first point, And uh, we're going to kind of work over all three of these together. There are three simple questions that a user has when they arrive on your page. Where am I? What can I do here? And why should I do it? I could say a lot about each of those three together now. But I want to start with the very first question. And that is, where am I? Now, you have to be careful when you use this. We were at a conference recently. I think it was a Marketing Sherpa Summit. I was speaking, and uh, we, I taught a bit on this topic, and then we were doing live optimization. We came to a page, and, uh, and uh, I asked the audience to help me, and I said, what's the first question? And a lady in the back of the room yelled out very sincerely, who am I? And uh, the audience started... <laughs> breaking up, and, and she says, and, and then she says, no, no, she says, where am I? She was very confused. I said, uh, ma'am, you are in the Marketing Sherpa Summit. You're in the back row, and everything's going to be okay. And uh, we, uh, we laughed for a while before we got down to optimization. The truth is, as simple as that question is, you might miss its profundity. It's critical to understand the thought sequence that takes place. You've heard us say many times that you don't optimize web pages. You optimize thought sequences. We say this because people don't buy from websites. People buy from people. And if you think about the sequence of thoughts, the chart in front of you right now will have a significant impact, perhaps, on how you plan your next web page. Notice that first key element, the moment of orientation. In any transition from one place to another, there's a required kind of orientation. Even in screenplay, it's called story click. 
It's vital that you realize when someone comes from the search engine to your landing page, from the email to your landing page, that there's this brief moment of orientation. And one of the ways to overcome the inherent confusion, if you're the visitor, is to hit the back button. Your job is to keep that person from hitting the back button in order to get clarity or meaning back. And to do that, you must instantly help them see where they're at and connect it to where they were. If you don't do that, you leave a user in a place where there is far too much unsupervised thinking. And they can solve their dilemma so easily with one single click. And it does not matter at this point if you have the world's greatest value proposition. They're never going to engage it. You've lost them at the beginning because you didn't help them get oriented. And that is a critical piece in designing your web page. Now, you'll notice the two questions, where am I and what can I do here, are, are two questions which must be answered at the very beginning of the dialogue. But thereafter, every single element of your page must be used to answer the third question, and that is, why should I do it? In other words, once I'm clear on this page what you want me to do, please help me know why I should do it now. That is the whole job of a web page. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. And as we do, I just want to point out some examples that will help you. Please look at this prime example of the problem. Here is a page. We have uh, deliberately tried to keep you from instantly recognizing the name of the business. This is out of courtesy to the research partner. But if you'll look at this page, it is a home page. And if you study the metrics, you're going to see that it has a very, very pressing problem. It's almost humorous. The number one clicked link. Now, notice all the links at the top of the page. Notice all the links on the left side of the page. But the number one clicked link on this page is the home button. The problem is they're already on the home page. So if you're an experienced marketing expert, what does that tell you? It tells you that they are completely lost that this page is not doing its job, and that money is leaking out of this website right on its own home page. Bear in mind when you're listening today that really the focus of any optimization project is not simply to capture a new opportunity. It's to resolve an issue that is costing you significant money every single moment of the marketing day. The problem in a page that doesn't have clarity is not that you're not going to be able to capture new business. It's that you are leaking revenue from the existing potential business visiting the page. While we hold this clinic, while you're talking to us now, many people are losing millions of dollars. I wonder, with as full as we are right now in terms of our audience, how much money is being lost per minute, collectively, or aggregate in all of us as, as our pages underperform. If you want to fix that problem, the place you must start is in the first seven seconds. So let's just look again at a page that we began with in the experiment. And let's see how it was underperforming with this one specific question, where am I? Most traffic is new visitors unfamiliar with the company coming from generic paid search terms. Key information about the company and who they are is out of the natural eye path. Beware of these two column designs with equally weighted columns. What they do is they rob you of the natural progression in the thought sequence. They divide the attentions of the visitor and keep them from moving sequentially 
through a rational process that drives them toward an inevitable conclusion. And that's vital to high conversion rates. So in this particular case, it's very difficult to immediately determine where you're at. It's also difficult to determine why or what you can do there. We'll talk about that in just a moment. In the optimized version, key information about the company is now placed in clear view at the beginning of the dialogue in a way that makes it easy to get oriented. Visitors can better see where they had landed and where or who they're dealing with, which is vital. And uh, we have to remember that it's necessary to get that in the beginning in order to engage them in conversation. Let's look at the second question then. It's not enough to know where you're at. In fact, that should be instantaneous. That's something that doesn't take place in seven seconds. That should take place within moments of arriving on the site. That allows you to naturally move towards the, the forward action required to get the dialogue moving in the proper direction, and that is, what can I do here? Now, remember that your value proposition has no relevance whatsoever until the visitor has determined what it is you're asking them to do about it. It's so difficult when you land on a page with flash and ads on the left and ads on the right and multiple calls to action, triple columns, double columns, trying to understand, trying to make meaning of the page, trying to, trying to clearly get a sense of what you're supposed to do next. It becomes very, very difficult. We can see examples of that, but it might be important to point out simply this. The chief enemy to forward momentum is confusion. Now, I use a word here, forward momentum, and that's a vital word. And the reason is that as you are increasing the probability of conversion, what you'll notice is that someone begins to move through your site and the pace picks up. The intellectual, the mental cognitive process begins to gather forward momentum as they get clearer and clearer about what they need to do and why they should do it. Your enemy is any kind of impediment to that forward momentum. And almost what gets that forward momentum really moving on your page is a clear understanding of what it is you can do once you arrive there. Let's look at an example. This is a landing page, and this is a click analysis. Adam, are you familiar with this? Sure. Uh, so basically you have a, a four-column landing page with uh, your bronze, your silver, your gold, your platinum all have equally weighted calls of action, equally weighted uh, check marks. And what a visitor uh, comprehends here is which one do I choose and why should I choose it? And it's not perfectly clear, and you can see by the click analysis, um, uh, what choice they should make. And you can tell that uh, they're not entirely sure where they can click um, by all the misclicks shown within the chart and, and the click diagram. Excellent. Let's look at this next one. Uh, Adam, talk about this deepdiscount.com site. What is wrong with this particular page? Well, you land on the page, and the first thing you see is, or you may see it, is a headline. But uh, one thing we've talked about is that um, you have to have that high contrast in between your headline and the page behind it. And it's also located within a banner-type ad. And so visitors are going to easily overlook, overlook your essential value proposition that you want to con uh, convey here. Uh, assuming that they do see your, your headline, uh, they immediately see you know, five, six, seven, eight, ten equally weighted boxes, equally weighted objectives, and they have no idea where to click next. See, anytime you present the, the site visitor with competing objectives, you mitigate your conversion rate. The problem with this page is the objectives are just uh, proliferating. 
And thus the visitor is lost to try and make sense of it all himself or herself. And that's dangerous to your conversion rate. Uh, look at this one, Adam. Give us a quick uh, thought about this regarding the flash video. Well, this is an interesting example. Uh, I think I'm going to look every place on the page except for the uh, click to enter. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is a clear example of what do I do next. And uh, it, it's not exactly clear in terms of size, location, emphasis uh, that I'm supposed to click this button. All right. So think about the confusion on this page. And if you're here and you say, I don't have a page that looks like this at all, ask yourself this. Do I have a page that engages the top half of my real estate with a large hero shot? or a flash presentation that distracts my user from the move down the page in vertical fashion necessary to controlling the sequence of thoughts. Because if you do, you're bleeding revenue in your current presentation. Look with me, if you would, at the, at the next uh, uh, page or the next analysis as it relates to the original case study. Adam, tell us what we did on this page. This is the original. What's wrong with this in relation to question two? Well, the question is, what can I do here? And specifically, you're, you're putting the cart before the horse on this page. They're seeing the form. They're seeing what I have to do on this page before you've convinced them, clarified why they should do it. Um, and specifically looking at the form, um, it's all about have a business person call me instead of you know the clear uh, value incentivized uh, headline that we need to have is set up your free access. Now, Adam, is, Adam has made a very critical point. I'd like to point out two things that will help you with this. Just to be very, very uh, clear ourselves, the problem with this page is that we're asking to engage with personal information, to connect with us, to make a decision before we present it to them in proper order of the information they need to make the decision to engage with us. Uh, I was teaching not long ago, and I said it this way, and I mean no disrespect, but I said it's like uh, asking a girl to give you a kiss before you've gone out on the date with her yet. It's premature, and it's premature on this page. And it will mitigate your conversion rate over and over again. And some of us do this because coming from a print background, we've heard a truism that we trusted but we should now question. And that is, keep it above the fold. If you're in the audience, you've probably heard that over and over again. It's a common optimization uh, principle that I hear thrown about when I'm in various locations providing a, or lecturing or teaching. And I can just tell you this, you don't always want it above the fold. Web pages don't work like newspapers. And in fact, if you are asking them to make a decision, to click a button, to fill out a form before they have the proper information to make the decision, you are losing, most likely, you are losing people in the conversion process. And you could also uh, cite a, a variation of the above the fold, actually behind the fold. And this video is a good example of a lot of pertinent information behind the fold. Uh, they have to listen to a couple minute long video before they understand clearly why I have to move forward. And on the... Uh, the optimized design. We bring the, the best information from that video and bring it uh, to the forefront. Tell us how we do that here. So uh, a lot of this information that you'll see on the page, actually some of it was on the page, on the bottom right-hand side of the page, uh, but also there, there was uh, several key pieces of information in that video and then also on the main site in the About Us page. Uh, so exactly what uh, Dr. McLaughlin was talking about, you want to put uh, your your information the correct thought sequences tell them why they should do it and what they can do here uh, before asking them to do it and the sum is on the page itself the summation the a single column layout clear headline sub headline that guides the visitors eye path down into the core body text the goal of typical headline in most cases there are some exceptions which we teach in our certification program but 
the primary goal of most headlines is literally to stop the user from clicking on the back button or moving on. The headline's job is to get them into the subheader, which gives them just enough additional information to get them to commit to reading the first paragraph. If you can get them to reading, really basically, into the first paragraph, you should by that point have answered all three questions. Where am I at? What can I do here? And even started to answer why I should do it. The rest of the page keeps explaining why and makes it as easy as possible for them to do it. So looking at this page, that's what we've done. And it brings us to the third question. Now, after this question, we're going to be taking your landing pages and optimizing them on the fly using these principles. Right now, let's look at the critical, most difficult, most important of all three questions. It's more important in the sense that it's the hardest one to answer because it's a question that must be answered in connection or in the context of all the other competitive options. The first two are easy for you to fix. The third one is just the one that matters the most in terms of getting someone to say yes. So keeping that in mind, we need to help them understand why they should do it. It connects with the conversion sequence. Uh, for those of you that are familiar with this, coefficient 3, very high. V stands for the clarity of the value proposition. Now, V does not stand for the value proposition. It stands for the clarity of the value proposition. Even if you have one, it's not enough. It needs to be clearly communicated immediately on the page. And in most cases, this requires you to answer a single vital critical question, and that is this. If I'm the ideal prospect, why should I purchase from you rather than any of your competitors? Now, that doesn't matter if it's a lead generation form. It doesn't even matter if it's an ad. Even in the paid search engines, your, your goal in a paid search engine is not to sell your product. It's to get them to click on the ad. So your ad has to answer this question. Why should I click on this ad? rather than any other ad in, uh, the, on the page in front of me now. In the same way, you have to answer that about your business and about any individual product offerings or lead generation forms. So it's vital for you to get especially clear on this. Now just stop for a moment, and uh, let's go back to our users for a second, and I want to look at your feedback. And I want you to tell me quickly what your company's value proposition is. I need it in one sentence. I need it from my audience. All right, keep going. I'm watching them as they come in. Now, some of you are asking questions, by the way, like what does C stand for? If you don't know about the conversion sequence, it's all right. You can go to the website and you can type in the word conversion sequence and get all kinds of research that will carefully explain it. You can also get in one of our certification programs and learn it. I can't teach it today, but we have taught it on other clinics. Uh, let's keep going. Okay, specialist distributor, says someone. That is a business description, not a value proposition. Someone says, learn how to invest. Now, I just want to take that one, learn how to invest. You're telling me what I can do with your website or your product. But you're not answering the critical question. And that is, why should I do that with you rather than anyone else? There are other people who teach me how to invest. How is it or why is it that I should trust your, your business product more than theirs, your instruction more than theirs. That's the point of a clearly articulated value proposition. Look like it's mother. Someone says, we don't produce websites. We produce sales. Okay. All right. Let me ask you a question. Uh, number one, is that instantly credible? And number two, does anybody else make any other claims similar to that? And why should I believe your claim over theirs? Until you can answer that, you don't have articulated yet your best value proposition. Now, I'm not saying this to try and trouble you. In fact, 
I'm saying this to, to help you understand that clarity comes persuasion. In particular, it's vital when you have the best offering for your target customer. Then all you have to do is communicate clearly to your customer the nature of your offering. And it becomes an inevitable decision. So often, we're so unclear about our own value proposition that we have to use all kinds of tactics, techniques, and persuasive words to talk people into engaging with us. You could spend that energy better by defining your own value proposition more clearly. In a moment, I'm going to show you a list of reports and briefings. This is all free that we've written in the past that you can get to. And I would actually recommend that some of you who are on the line today would engage some time over the holidays before the new year to get away for 24 hours and think about your own company's value proposition, to print all of these articles, go away and read them, and have a long time in which you ask yourself the kinds of questions necessary to arriving at a clear, articulate presentation of your values. I am a philosopher by training, and I am sometimes troubled by the fact that marketers are so busy with deadlines and campaigns that they don't have time to slow down and ask the deep, fundamental questions. But if you do not do that, you're robbing yourself of the potential to have powerful results with your campaigns and in conjunction with your deadlines. Abraham Lincoln said if he had eight hours to chop down a tree, he'd spend seven sharpening his axe. In some cases, that's what we need to do before we get into 2010. Let's just uh, continue. I'm going to take you to some resources. Look at this particular uh, group of links. We will send these to you in the briefing that you'll receive. Uh, but you may want to get these in advance. You can go to our website. At Marketing Experiments, all the research is free. There is no membership that you have to pay in order to access the information. Get these particular reports. They'll be taught in the same way we're teaching today. And learn about your value proposition because that's going to enable you to answer the third critical question, which is so vital to your conversion rate. I'd love to say more about this. I've taught extensively on it. It's perhaps one of the most popular links on our website. I was just discovering that today in conversations with Pamela from Marketing Experiments, uh, one of our top analysts and marketing experts. And, uh, and you can get that information on the site. In the meantime, in the original page, we can see that this problem was not addressed properly. The page is relying on vague statements of quality rather than specific statements of quantity. Remember, it's not good for me to tell or try to read, if I'm a visitor to your site, that you're the fastest or the leading. Leading means nothing to me. It probably means that you're not number one, but you want to be thought of as number one, and you can't say that because it's not true. If you tell me the fastest, I think, yeah, that's what everyone says. I'm a postmodern consumer. I'm jaded. I don't believe you. And uh, you're going to have a hard time convincing me with these superlatives. You need quantitative statements. And if you must make a statement about you that's qualitative, such as you're the fastest or you're the best, don't make it yourself. Get a third party to say it about you. That way, people find it more credible. Much of the real quantified value on this page is actually in the right-hand column and in the video. And what you need is to actually get that information, as Adam intimated earlier, off the video and onto the page. And, uh, and visitors hear this. Once you give us your contact information, we get to have one of your sales reps call you. That's what the form implies. The thought sequence is not right. Not only is it in the wrong order, but you're generating the wrong thought. You're creating a kind of anxiety here. Who wants to be called by yet another salesperson? It ranks right up there with more email spam. Give me a reason 
to need your person to call me. And it changes the conversion rate on this page. Adam, tell us what you did on this page to make it better. Sure. Uh, the good thing about this particular research partner is that they had a great value proposition, but they weren't clarifying it correctly. Um, you know, their value proposition is not mailing lists. I mean, I can get a mailing list from any open source data uh, resource and sell it to somebody, but does it have 26 million calls per year to validate that it's accurate? It doesn't, but they do. So it's putting information like that up in the headline, the first thing somebody sees, so they are motivated to keep reading uh, and continue on that thought sequence that we've laid out for them uh, until they get to the, uh, the form. Excellent. All right, so you see these changes, and we all know the, the result. Essentially, we corrected those seven seconds, especially with answers up front to three questions. Where am I? What can I do here? And why should I do it? The result is a 201% increase in conversion. Now, I don't know what the potential is on your own website for an increase, but I would suggest that for most of our audience, there's dramatic potential to get way more value out of your current marketing spin by answering these three questions clearly and uh, articulately in those first seven seconds. So, let's go to the fourth critical aspect of what we want to do today and the way that I think you can learn. We've talked about theory. We've demonstrated in a case study. Now let's take the discoveries from our team and apply them to real landing pages and see what we can do to get results. I'm here, as you know, with Adam Lapp, who is a, a senior analyst with our team. And I'm joined by Greg Burningham, who is the president of Marketing Experiments. We are looking at your landing pages. We will not all three talk on every page in order to move rapidly. We want to look at pages that represent a variety of the types of pages that you'll see in uh, you know, that we have in our audience, B2B, B2C, etc. We're going to begin with one in just a moment, but as we do that, let me suggest that there are two things we would like to accomplish in this brief live optimization session that we have. One, we want to help you to learn. If you submitted this page, let's please help you get results. I can show you over and over again the actual validated case studies from people who've been in these live optimization sessions and gone back and fixed their own pages without us touching them, without us fixing the designs or the treatments. And in doing so, I've seen huge lifts, 300% lifts on their lead generation forms and 162% lifts you know, on their, in their revenue from a particular sell uh, or change in a, on the layout of a page. What I'd like to do now, however, is, is suggest that there's a second thing we want to do, and that is extract transferable principles. We want to see how these three points in particular, these three questions, can be applied in a variety of situations so that you can start to get a feel for how you can fix your own pages. To do that, we have a page coming up for us right now. It is called Tech Tools, and uh, I have not seen it other than uh, really, I haven't seen it, period. Uh, I, I, I flashed through it just before I stood up on the podium here to begin teaching. And it is now in front of us. Audience, look at it. And I want you to tell me right now how you'd fix it. The traffic sources, uh, it, it, the traffic comes from SEO. The target audience is system admins, IT executives, and IT managers. And uh, looking at the page, let's go to the audience. Tell me how to fix the page. Before you do that, I want you to tell me right now the value proposition. Instantly. You should already know it. If the page is good, you should already know it. What is the value proposition of the page? Sally says, with clarity comes control of what? Uh, Greg says, no idea. Can't tell the value proposition, says another. Nothing, says Rick. 
Now, look, if you submitted the page, our goal today is not to humiliate you, beat you up, and ridicule your page. Our goal is to help you get it. It's great to have this kind of feedback. It's like a focus group of experts. And if anybody should be able to discern your value proposition, it's somebody who's a marketing expert looking at your page. And the truth is, it's not clearly communicated. And that is a problem, perhaps. But to me, it's a significant opportunity for you to get real results real soon on this page. So let's go back to the page. Uh, I'm going to ask the audience to help me in just a second. We're not clear then what it is that you do on this particular page. In fact, it's not even clear what it is uh, or where you'd like me to click first or second. Uh, let's just think about it. Adam, give us your initial thoughts on this. Well, this page is actually kind of ironic. Um, they're unclear about their value proposition, but uh, their headlines is clarity. Uh, so um, it's more of a slogan. And as Dr. McLaughlin said, you need to tell me what your essential product and values and core competencies are immediately within that headline. Don't make me read small font. Tell me immediately. Uh, as you pointed out, you, you have two multiple calls to action. So which one do I click? What do they say, Adam? What do the pages say? They say 30-day free trial and request demo. I mean, okay. Wh now, what, what, what is the first question in your mind as an audience? When you see those two buttons, what comes to your mind? My first thought, I think the audience's first thought typically will be something of what's the difference? I get a demo, a 30-day trial. I don't know which one I should probably get because they're too similar in what they promise. Basically, a free look-see. I'm lost over this. I need to know, and I need that page. That's great. Let me see it real clearly on this monitor if you can. I can see. Oh, it's, it's better now. All right, with that in mind, looking at the page, um, does anybody here, Greg or Adam, have suggested what you would do to get this clear? Uh, we're going to hear from Greg. Go ahead, Greg. Well, first of all, I've got a bald guy in a suit between me and the page, so I can't really see it that well. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Um, I'm having a hard time as an old guy here. Uh, my eyes have a hard time reading that gray on gray uh, text. Um, uh, and then also my eyes are immediately attracted to a, a really beautiful smile over on the right. It takes me right away from the, uh, the header and that first paragraph that I can't read anyway. So I'm, I'm lost. Um, I don't know who I am or what I'm doing here. Excellent. All right. Well, let's just do this. We want to cover. We want to. Someone get a therapist for Greg and we'll continue. Uh, we're going to we're we're going to we're going to just look at this page rapidly now because I know many of you submitted pages and you'd like to see others. So let me redesign the page as quickly as I can in these few moments. And you think about this with me and you look for your transferable principles. Number one, uh, we have a problem with the first question: Where am I at? Notice Tech Tool Software is at the top of the page, above the iPath. There's an iPath issue here. The, the layout is not vertical. The images draw your attention to the right-hand side of the page. That's where all the color and action is. If we put this on a heat map, the eyes are being drawn away from the core content. Greg is absolutely right about the gray on gray. Everything about the communication structure confuses me. I don't even see tech tool software because I am drawn to the gray center area, the picture on the right. And If I look for a title, it's going to be Profiler because that looks like it's actually the name of the company. I'm not sure where I'm at. Once more, I've got competing navigation. On the right-hand side, upper top is About Us, Product, Solutions, and then slightly down is a new set of nav that says Virtual and App and Server. I don't know the difference between these. And, uh, and what we have given the user is a, a kind of a multiple 
conversation points, multiple voices talking at the same time with no clear sequence of thought. So the first thing we need to do is we need to make it easier to see you're at Tech Tools. We need to get rid of this big real estate with the gray on gray and the double buttons. We need to greet the person with a piece of conversational text that tells them where they're at, what they can do here, and, inter and starts to answer the why question. You need to look down in the body text for some of that critical information, but it's way too low on the page and they see it way too late. You're not getting it in the first seven seconds. You're getting it only if you survive the first seven seconds. And in most cases, they are not. If there is a desire here to get a lead or to get a free trial or to request a demo, it would be much clearer if this page talked especially about the free trial, exactly what you get. Tell me it's full... Uh, you know, uh, that I have full access to the complete product, tell me what it will do for me, and then actually put the sign-up with my email on the same page so I don't have to split my chance. You lose typically about 50% of your audience every time you ask them to click. There's no reason not to collect or connect with their email address on the first page, even if you have to take them to a second page to capture subsequent information. Uh, so, where am I at needs to be answered. This header, we need a good headline. With clarity comes control is not a good headline. Why is it a good headline? Well, I think somebody likes it because clarity and control, uh, you know, have a kind of poetic rhyme to them. And clearly, it has a lot to do with our message this morning, which I think is ironic. With clarity comes control. The problem is there's no clarity here. The headline is not good because it requires me to do too much thinking to make sense of it, to get meaning out of it. Give me a headline that clearly communicates the core information that I need to know that means it's going to be worthwhile for me to invest the next 10 seconds of my time in the balance of this and into the first paragraph and beyond. The headline must do that for me. It might say something, and I can't write the headline without studying the site better, but it might say something about the free trial right in the headline. And the subheader might tell me what the software will do for me and how I can get started with it today. And then the body text might tell me how powerful the software is in meeting my particular solution. The right side of the page might have a series of testimonials talking about how strong the software is. At the bottom of the page is a call to action with the actual beginning of the sign-up process so I don't have to click to get into the process. People who don't complete the second page, if that's even necessary, can be sent emails and re-engaged to drive them back through the process. So those answer the first two. The third thing that's so critical here is why, why, why. And that's why you need to sell the value proposition of the free trial, not just the software. Tell me today how easy it is to set up the free trial, that I can get started in three minutes, that the free trial is full access, and that the software will do X, Y, and Z for me. Make it an easy decision for me to just try it out. You don't even have to fully sell the software right now. You're selling the free trial. That's what the page should do, unless you try to do that and the demo request. I would drop the demo request altogether and use a different landing page, test the two against each other, pick whichever one is going to produce the highest yield, and use that as my lead. There may be more on this. If this was your page and it was evaluated, um, I, would like to, I would like to actually get you to email us back once you've tried some of this. Shoot us over your design and we'll have Adam Lapp just take a quick look at your design and make comments as a courtesy, may make some notes on it on our blog and we'll do our best to help you get a better functioning page. That's what we do here. I want to move to a second page because of our time. 
And uh, let's look right now at uh, Expert Publishers, Inc. All right, audience, I need your help. Look at the page. I'm counting. There is a timer. Tell me the value proposition. What is the value proposition for this particular product? All right, people are trying to figure it out. We're in trouble. It's not clear. It's not clear. Someone said, Lord, help us. <laughs> uh, you know, can I just stop here? Before I go any further, let's, go, let's forget the question, where am I at? Let me ask you a different question. What can I do here? Tell me that. Somebody tell me that. In the audience, quickly. What can I do? I don't think we've got clarity about the value proposition, but at least is it clear about what we can do here? Someone says, buy a book, and they put a question mark afterwards. All right, so it's Expert Publishers, Inc. I'm assuming the goal of this page is to sell that particular book. And, um, and I'm assuming that limited time offer refers to the book. For those of you that are, are so familiar with this product because you're the marketing team assigned to it, just point out that the photograph is not three-dimensional enough to actually look like a book, and people aren't sure that it is a book. And I can't see that clearly myself uh, as I study it. It seems so obvious probably to you, but I would make it clear just for the graphic that we're dealing with a book just to start with. Now, uh, I'm going to let Adam go. I'm going to say that this does tell us where we're at. We're at Expert Publishers, Inc. I think I can see that. I think we're on a book site. I think if I typed on a link in SEO that was about the guide to financial, you know, uh, to condominium and homeowners, I'm, I'm straining to actually read the text. If, if it was specific to that and I landed on this page, then it works. However, if I came to this page from anything that didn't talk about that book, there is no compelling headline. I wouldn't know where I'm at and I'd be in trouble, big trouble, which means you're in trouble because I'm not going to buy. So what you need to do is make certain that the traffic coming to this page is coming specifically for that title. Adam, talk to us about value proposition or the page, anything that you see. Sure. Well, when I land on this page, um, I'm trying to ascertain the value proposition from the book itself. It's the most dominating thing on the page. It uses size, shape, color to draw the eye path. But the problem here is it's not clear. Uh, just reading that book, uh, uh, title of the book, is a difficult task to undertake because of all, the all caps, the centering of the text, where you should be directing me is to the headline on the right side. And so immediately this whole sequence of thought is uh, in, in an incorrect order. And what uh, acerbates uh, that even worse is as a three-column layout. So a three-column layout is something we've tested thousands of times versus two-column and even one-column. And what we find over and over again is uh, having a three-column layout, you know, pe uh, people have control, uh, their own control of the site uh, going from left to right, left to right, and from there you've lost uh, their hand and they're on their own and you have no idea if they're going to click on the objective you want them to go to. It makes it difficult to guide the sequence of thought. And we're talking about three evenly weighted columns. Sometimes three columns, if you have one dominant center column, will work, but three evenly weighted columns is very difficult. Frankly, it's hard to optimize the page without optimizing the book cover. And I'm sure you can't fix that, but the book cover is... Uh, has been poorly designed and underserves what you're trying to achieve. There's way too much all-cap text, difficult to read, and could be designed in a way that was far more effective. But we're not here to fix the book cover. We're here to fix the website. And it's probably a template for presenting all of the books on this page. And I think 
I would make the following suggestions. Does anyone else want to say something? I'm going to go swiftly through this and move to another one uh, because of the publishers. All right, so here's the suggestions I would make. Number one, uh, I would still have a headline above the book. I wouldn't hit them with a book. I'd have a powerful headline and then a picture of the book. The picture of the book does not need to be that large if you have the proper headline at the top. I would not use all bold on the headline on the right because it's too long, all bold, and it's too difficult to read. I would emphasize what the limited time offer is. I can't tell the limited time offer. It says one hour free QuickBooks consulting. What does that mean? What are you talking about? How does that connect this about a guide to property management? And, uh, and as you mouse over it, it talks about the possibility to learn more, but I've got to mouse over it to see that, and that's wrong in the sequence of thoughts also. The second thing I would do is I would make certain that the first information they're presented after the book is not just an overview, but talks about what's distinctive about this book as it compares to everything else written on the topic. Yes, you need the overview, and you might need it here at the beginning, but we need reasons to purchase this book rather than any other for this to be an effective ad. Which brings me to one simple key piece of learning that I'd like to touch before we move to another, uh, to another page. It is true that your business has a value proposition. But please know that there is a sub-value proposition for every single action you ask someone to take on your site. For instance, if you ask them to sign up for uh, an email newsletter, that in its own right has a value proposition. If you ask them to click, the button should imply a value in exchange for the click. It should never say submit. It should never say register. It should never say something that costs them. It would always promise something that benefits them. Get instant access now, for instance. Immediate download. Those kinds of phrases and terms. It applies also, this concept of a sub-value proposition, applies also to individual products on your site. Now, your business, Publishers, Inc., has a value proposition, which we can't tell because there's nothing up there except the name, and there should be a clear value proposition up there near the title of the, of the group. But the book itself has its own value proposition. Why should I purchase this book rather than any other? That needs to be answered clearly and succinctly if you're going to increase the, the conversion rate for this particular property. Now, if this is a template, we can help you design a template that will make a significant difference for you with all your books, and that's an issue that we could talk about separately. Let's go to a new page. We're looking now at um, this one and the audience. What can I do here? Start writing it right now because you're on the clock. I'm timing you. Plus, we only have five minutes left. At the end of those five minutes, we're going to be giving away a million dollars to the smartest marketer. You want to stay tuned for the million-dollar check presented by Adam Lapp, and it's going to come out of his Christmas bonus for the year. All right, so watch carefully. Look at the page and tell me, please, what can I do here? All right, I'm looking. It says dog tags. Someone else says it's dog grooming. Someone else says, what do you want me to do? Someone says uh, artistic tags. Someone else said keychains. All right. Uh, it's a little difficult to figure that out. That's the first question. Where am I at? How clear is the question, where am I at? Well, that depends on how familiar you are with the brand. I think it's very difficult to even read what that is up at the top. What can I do here? I think uh, we have an issue. So what's the value proposition? Why should I do it here rather than anywhere else uh, online or, you know, it, to, uh, to any other option? Quickly answer, what's the value prop, guys? Somebody says, uh, I don't know. That's Margaret. Uh, someone says they have more stylish tags. All right. I'm not sure I arrive at that, but that might be true. Someone said, uh, hmm, unique. 
All right, I, I, I'm watching. Someone said custom. All right, that could become part of the value proposition. All right, so let's just look at this. And before, uh, before we take a final look at the page, audience, tell me, how would you fix this page? So change your dialogue with me quickly. Marketers, we have you from all over the world right now. What would you do? Clear message, says Diana. Uh, implies, uh, ID me implies some sort of microchip. You need to fix that. Easier to order, says Katrina. A new headline, says Corey. Change the top font. Amen, says <laughs> that to that, Nina. Somebody says, actually put a headline on the page. Robert said that. Take small text in top right and move it to more obvious place, says Anne-Marie. Uh, and the call to action, says Lauren. All right, because time is running out. Greg, do you have anything you want to say before I wrap it up? Okay, all right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a quick summary. Let's go back. And as I do that summary, we'll go forward. First of all, the big area in the middle with all the tags is too large. I want some stuff at the top. It uses a very artistic font, but it's too difficult to read, and so it hurts your messaging. Where I'm at is not absolutely clear. What can I do here is not absolutely clear. We don't have a conversation taking place with the site visitor. People don't buy from websites. People buy from people. Meet them. Greet them. Tell them where they're at. Tell them what they can do here. Tell them why they should do it. Do not rely on a magazine ad for your web page. It's not a magazine. It's the initiation of a relationship. That huge flash or huge piece of real estate used at the top of the page does not communicate clearly, and even if it did, it takes up way too much space to say what it needs to say. The page does not have a vertical layout. It feels horizontal, and it's just not nearly as effective as saying, welcome to such and such, since so and so we've been doing this. You know, we're the only company. Only is one of the most important words you can possibly use when you're trying to define your value proposition. The only company, I'm just making this up, where you can get uh, a customized tag uh, and uh, and you know, select from over 1,400 pieces of uniquely designed art. Some real clear piece of information like this that says there are three easy ways to use this site. To begin with, one, two, three. You need that kind of text. So, in sum, fix the font at the top. Start with a good headline. Take them to a subheader. Give them a paragraph of text. Then give them a clear explanation. One, two, three, how to use this. Use all that flashing stuff. Put it over to the right if you want to show them something and don't make it flash. Just give them some kind of visual that will help them. You can even have a video over there, but it needs to be optional and not necessary to the sale. Drive them down to a simple call to action and engage them. And uh, I would suggest that with a design like that, you'll see a conversion lift. What I would need, what we would do here to help you is if you get something and you want to lay it out in Photoshop and send it over to us, we'll look at it and talk about it with you just to try and help you get a serious conversion lift on this site. Can I say this before I turn it over to Greg Burningham? Uh, it's been a very difficult year across the country for many marketers. It is the most difficult financial uh, challenge, I think, in living memory. And uh, marketers have been asked this year to pull off extraordinary results uh, when they have been extraordinarily limited. At Marketing Experiments, we are grateful for all of you that have tuned in over and over again to these clinics, who've applied this information, who've used it in ways to drive up your results and who've been just uh, faithful in working with our community of researchers trying to discover what truly works. I thank you for that. We're already very excited about next year. Uh, we have added to our editorial team, increased what we're going to be doing in research, and uh, 
And we're in the midst of another redesign of our own site to give you more and more useful material, information, even video. Thank you for your trust. And uh, if you attended today and you liked it, please tell somebody about us. Greg, over to you. Thanks, Flynn, and, and thanks, Adam, too, for your uh, contributions. Uh, we're almost out of time. I just want to remind everybody, we mentioned this last time, if uh, you loved what you saw today, we'll be uh, check it out on the blog. We'll be sending you a journal edition. Um, also, take a look at our, uh, our sister company, Marking Sherpa, has their email summit in Miami. A follow-up on the, the topic we had last week. If you're interested in that, go to their site, marketingsherpa.com. I'll be there speaking and teaching. I'd love to meet you. If, um, as always, we, and as Flint mentioned, please give us your comments. Uh, it helps us to perfect what we do and, and maximize the help that we provide you and your businesses. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about our, our methodologies, you can find that on our website at marketingexperiments.com and uh, check out some of our training courses. And finally, all of this is a result of partnerships that we do with various com uh, companies that come to us and we help them work alongside them to uh, optimize their businesses and their websites. Our research partners are the source of all of this data and all of this learning. If you think you have a particularly interesting challenge that might be up to uh, the talents of an atom lamp, please uh, please contact us at smartexperiments.com uh, slash partners or call Andy Mott uh, at the phone number on the screen. Thank you again for attending and uh, and have a good holiday season. Thank you for listening to this recording of a Marketing Experiments web clinic. You can sign up to receive invites to future web clinics, along with $10 million worth of research, on marketingexperiments.com.